friends and welcome, welcome, welcome back to The Return of the Legacy. It's been a while. I had to take a little break because I had a few other things I had to tend to. One of which is the launch of my brand new channel, Repairing the Breach. Have you ever been confused by all the different sects and denominations and divisions in the Christian world? I put together a series of interviews with Christian leaders from a number of denominations and traditions on how we can work together. Do you remember Jesus prayed that his church will be one? So this is a big deal to him and I wanted to get some uh, ideas on what the different persuasions bring to the table and again how we can work together toward being that one body. Anyway, if you're watching via YouTube, I will put it in the description of this video. If you're joining us some other format, you can just go to the main page, james-dave.com slash legacy, and I'll have a link to it there as well. Okay, the last time I was with you, we talked about Jesus' encounter with the Jewish leader Nicodemus, which, which kept off his visit, first visit to Jerusalem. Today we're going to look, look at a new phase in Jesus' life, which uh, covers approximately uh, 27 to 29 A.D., this will be the first in a two-part study, and I'll explain more why as we go along. As we pick up here, Jesus' close friend and cousin, John the Baptist, had been put in prison for calling out the leader of Galilee, Herod Antipas, about his sin. Now, after this, we don't know why, but Jesus decides to leave Jerusalem and return to his hometown of Galilee. And one of the common travel routes between Jerusalem and Galilee was the region of Samaria. As Jesus and his disciples passed through Samaria, they were in a village known as Sychar. This was uh, the location of a well which uh, was on a portion of land that the great patriarch Jacob had purchased and given to his son Joseph. Jesus was tired and thirsty, obviously, from a long trip. He sits down um, next to the well. Now, Jacob's well was obviously a popular place for the locals to come and draw water. The well still exists on the grounds of the I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly, the Bir Yaquib Monastery of the Navos region of the West Bank, where it's, it's still visited by tourists today. Now, while Jesus was there, a Samaritan woman comes to draw water. Now, the fact that Jesus was even willing to talk to a woman in the time that, uh, in which women were looked down on the way they were was very significant in itself. And we give the fact that the woman was a Samaritan. This was a revolutionary act that uh, caught the woman completely off guard. The animosity between the Jews and the Samaritans ran very deep. During the Assyrian captivity, which you can read about in 2 Kings 17 and a number of other places, some of the Israelites intermarried with the Assyrians and the Samaritan race came from those unions. So this reminded the Jews of a very painful time in their history. The Samaritans also uh, rejected the um, Jewish scriptures other than, other than the Torah, the first five books. And they also, instead of worshiping in the temple of Jerusalem, they had their own temple on the top of Mount Gerizim. Again, we'll talk about that more in the next episode. When the Jews later returned from Babylonian captivity and tried to rebuild their walls, they were also opposed by the Samaritans. So that's just a few of the many areas of contention between the Jews and Samaritans. Now this woman, her tradition tells us her name was Fotini, says to Jesus, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan woman. What are you doing talking to me and asking me for a drink? And one of the most remarkable things about Jesus' teaching was how he could take such a mundane activity as drawing water, something people did every day, and use it to make a profound spiritual point. He changes the focus of the discussion from natural water, which will only quench your thirst temporarily, to spiritual water, which you can drink of and never be thirsty again. Now, water is used numerous times throughout the Bible as a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Jesus specifically used this term, living water, which would would be understood as water flowing from a well and a stream to represent the Holy Spirit. In John 7, 37 through 39, he talks about further about living water flowing out of the believer. 
So it's something that we can drink of and also something that will overflow out of our lives for others to drink out of as well. It's a wonderful thing. And I love her answer. Please give me this water and I'll never be thirsty again. They'll, I won't have to come back here and draw water. But Jesus turned to, turns the uh, focus again. Go get your husband. She responds, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the, the one you're living with now is not your husband. You certainly spoke the truth. Here we have Jesus operating in a spiritual gift known as the word of knowledge. And Paul would later talk about that more in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He, the Holy Spirit had imparted this knowledge to uh, to about the woman's situation that he would have had no way of knowing otherwise. And they go on to have a discussion about the nature of true worship, which again we'll discuss that on our next episode because that deserves an uh, episode all its own. The woman's obviously stunned by what Jesus tells her, and she brings up the coming of the Messiah. Imagine her shock when Jesus said, I am the Messiah. At this point, Jesus' disciples return uh, from buying food and they secretly wonder why Jesus is talking to this Samaritan woman. But the woman leaves the well and returning back to her village and telling everyone, come see someone who told me everything that I ever did. Could he possibly be the Messiah? Which of course brings a large group of people there to learn more about Jesus. For this, she's remembered as one of the first Christian missionaries. Tradition tells us that the woman was, uh, went on to be baptized, served Christ faithfully the rest of her life, and was eventually martyred by Emperor Nero for refusing to denounce her faith. But going back to the previous message on Jesus versus religion, religion would have completely shunned this lady. But her sins, as significant and as serious as they were, were not a barrier to Jesus and God's grace that she received when she met him. Again, our next episode, we're going to go uh, take it a step further and see how this grace leads us into the very purpose we were created for. Until then, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And as always, keep it real. Thank you for joining us, friends.